0: Speaking of Richard Muller, Muller I think is how he pronounces it. Uh, Thanks Brad and Desi. We're going to have Richard on in just a couple of minutes on the Green Front. Uh, He is the man of the moment talking about his conversion from being a climate change skeptic to being a believer, but he's not 100% in the same corner as um, some of us passionate advocates and activists. We're going to find out where that line, how far he has come to that line and where he's still not willing to cross over but very interesting conversations. Uh Richard Muller um has been in the uh, news, being interviewed everywhere from Rachel Maddow Show and now on the Green Front, uh since he wrote this column about his conversion. So that's coming up first. On the Green Front, and my favorite climate convert, D.R. Tucker, will be joining me for that interview. And then uh, in the second segment, we'll be speaking with the head of a group called the Blue Mass Group. That's Masses in Massachusetts. Charlie Blandy is one of their um, principals, and he just wrote a great blog on climate change skepticism and want to hear some of his comments. And last but not least, we'll be checking in with my new friend on Facebook, Lisa Bardak. She was um, one of uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of people who marched on D.C. this past Saturday for the Stop the Frack Attack. And she brought her Barbie doll to make her point, and we'll be chatting with her. She uses um, comedy, a little bit of uh, humor and sarcasm, and uh, her daughter's Barbie doll to make a point about fracking and climate change. So, a great show coming up. Uh, Pleased to uh, welcome you to the program. And, DR, are you with me?
1: Yes, how are you doing?
0: Great. Really excited to have Richard Muller on. Um, You know, you'd you'd never know until you ask. And I just um, was listening to him on NPR, and I said, well, well, you know, he's local. He's in our time zone, and he's in demand, and he seems to really enjoy this publicity he's getting. So let me try him, and sure enough, he's available. He'll be joining us in, well, any time, about another couple of minutes here so looking forward to that as well as uh your friend charlie blandy and uh, we'll be focused of course on climate change and fracking and by the way uh richard muller i think is a big proponent of natural gas so should be an interesting hour ahead
1: yes he is, yes he has mentioned on uh, on rachel maddow's show the other night that the uh, that safe fracking might be the uh, the safest uh, way to sort of reduce emissions and also satisfy the energy needs of emerging countries
0: and hopefully that's more doable than clean coal, but um, we'll be all ears to hear about that because it seems like there are so many safety um and environmental and health concerns uh, around fracking and uh, then of course we'll hear from Lisa bardak who uh, is, this is her passion stopping um the uh, rapid growth of fracking uh, at least at the very least we need more studies. We need more information on you know the long term impacts, let alone the short-term impacts which are already being reported by the way, in upstate New York and other areas where they're really going uh, you know pretty aggressively.
1: Yes, it's leaving some uh, places places where the uh, fracking takes place a little shaken up, if you will.
0: Yeah, even earthquakes are one of the uh, side effects, and that's no small matter if you uh, happen to be uh, living as I am on the quake center of the world, or one of them anyway, and that's the San Francisco Bay Area. There's nothing fun about earthquakes because you never know when it's going to be the big one. And while these are smaller quakes, they're reporting, you know, that they occur in large number when they do happen. And if they are, in fact, tied to fracking, clearly something is not so natural about that process if it's causing everything from potential water contamination to some release of emissions and, and last but not least, some earthquakes.
1: It's a certainly only a fault line of debate, if you will.
0: Yes, and so while we're waiting for Richard to join us, Dr. just a couple of highlights. Is... This oh, <laughs> wonderful. I'm sorry, I was talking to, my, uh, talking to the studio. About
2: this interesting subject.
0: Here we go. Well, thanks so much for joining us, especially on short notice. And we have seen you um, just about everywhere, and really a pleasure to have you on. And uh, we are, you know, advocates here for believing that uh, climate scientists know what they're talking about. So we've watched your story and your evolution you know very closely with great interest and by the way my co-host i don't know if you heard this at the beginning um dr tucker uh, I found him through the blogosphere when he wrote a column about his conversion from being a climate change skeptic to a believer, and he can tell the story better, and those regular listeners to the show know that it was actually reading the 2007 IPCC report that made him um, you know, wake up and, and smell the carbon, so to speak, and uh, <laughs> call him my favorite Republican and uh, climate number, <laughs> because he is as obsessed with uh, this subject matter as I am. So why don't you two say hello?
2: Yes, so oh, Richard, how are you doing? i'm doing
1: great how are you congratulations on your great piece in the new york times uh, earlier this week
2: well, thank you. Of course, um, I, I think the key work are the five papers we put online, our computer programs, and our analysis. And I, right away, I have to give credit to Robert Brody, who is a young scientist who is an absolute genius. And he was able to guide us to the best statistical methods uh, and, and collect the data and put it online in a format that now other people can use it too. So in the end, we stand by, not my opinion, but by the science that we've done.
0: And by the way, I should mention um, the formal um, introduction. Richard, uh, of course, founded the Berkeley Earth Surface Temperature Project, known as BEST, along with his daughter Elizabeth, who kindly got you um, lined up to be on our show, and you're also a professor of physics. So you certainly, you know, are (laughs) an interesting figure to have had this evolution, for lack of a... And and
2: also the the author of a new book that just came out that I hope you'll mention.
0: Uh, Go ahead, tell us the name.
2: (laughs) It's Energy for Future Presidents, and it actually has a um, a, a A description of the Berkeley Earth method and how we did it and what our results are for a lay audience, so I, I think people will find find that uh, a good introduction
0: okay, and before we do get into uh, drill down a bit pardon the expression to what led you to have this conversion you know you're getting kind of a mixed response I would say first um, climate activists applauded you because and, and notice the irony that you, some of your um, Research is funded by the Koch brothers and would love to hear what you think about that irony and also um, some criticism that you're just seeking publicity. You've got a new book out. And uh, what took you so long?
2: Well, I'm not seeking publicity. Publicity is finding us, uh, everybody is calling us up and wants to talk to us. I think it's because uh, for the last several years we have actually developed a reputation of being objective and, and depending on the science. We're a group of 12 of us. Uh, including truly eminent people like Art Rosenfeld, who has won international awards for energy conservation. And then last December, uh, one of our team members, Saul Perlmutter, won a Nobel Prize for the work he did in astrophysics. So I have a superb team. We are doing work that is objective, in which wherever the, wherever the data leads, that's where we will be. I, I think we did establish that reputation. I think that's why we're getting the attention now. It's um-
1: uh, Dr, Dr. Mueller, I wanted to, to bring up a specific point uh, that you made in, in your op-ed, where you no, where you note that uh, you, you read at one point that Hurricane Katrina cannot be specifically linked to to global warming, and when I read that, it, it i, it, I Actually raised my eyebrow because I remember a piece written by uh, Ross Gilbspan in the Boston Globe in August 2005, where he noted that Hurricane Katrina's quote real name is global warming unquote and I thought he meant it in the sense that storms like Katrina are the inevitable consequence of what happens if we, when we constantly pump without any sort of limitation, uh, you know, greenhouse gases and CO2 into the atmosphere. So even if Even if your interpretation is correct that Katrina had nothing to do with global warming, is it fair to say that if we don't take any steps to reduce emissions, we are going to have more superstorms like Katrina?
2: Oh, no, no, no. First, you have to recognize that according to the National Hurricane Center in Miami, the number of, of, of hurricanes has been going down. The next thing you need to know is that Katrina was not a superstorm. It was only Category 3 when it hit New Orleans. It just happened to be the first Category 3 that hit New Orleans in decades, Mm -hmm. and they they were unprepared for it. It was Category 5 when it was out to sea, and now we call it Category 5 because we have satellites and we can detect things out at sea, but but the number of hurricanes uh, has been constant. In fact, it's been going down slightly. The theory doesn't predict more intense storms. The theory says that's a possibility. But uh, intense storms come about when there are big temperature differences between the equator and the poles. That's what drives the energy up. that makes the hurricanes. And in global warming theory, you expect that temperature difference to decrease because the poles warm more than the equator. So it's plausible that the storms will go up, plausible that they will go down. But Hurricane Katrina was just a place, a hurricane that hit a city that was unprepared. It was not an, anti- an extremely intense storm. Okay, so from that not perspective, from,
1: from that perspective I, I want to bring up a piece that Bill McKibben wrote last fall where he noted that Hurricane Irene's middle name was global warming. Was that an accurate statement <laughs> or it inaccurate one?
2: Oh, you know, this is really unfortunate because right after Katrina 2005, people said, so now we expect a whole bunch of more storms, and the next year not a single hurricane hit the U.S. When people exaggerate, and they try to come up with dramatic examples to convince the public, that's the wrong way to go. You have to respect the public. You have to give them the... honest truth and not the exaggerated truth. People now feel as if they've been misled. They say to me, what do you mean the polar bears aren't dying because of global warming? What do you mean the Himalayas aren't melting because of global warming? You get this stuff, and I think the public is smarter than most people think. Uh, Vice President Al Gore had so many exaggerations in his movie that I think there's a backlash now. And I, I think part of the reason why, why people now, why the, the polls show less interest in the United States, is because so many of the proponents exaggerated. And they can get away with that for a few years, but eventually the public learns. That, that it wasn't true
0: Okay, I've got to challenge you on that I was one of the thousands of people that were trained by Al Gore and okay, if you don't believe Al Gore, that's one thing but he had sitting next to him the whole three days for the training a climate, climate scientist named Michael McCracken and I don't know if you have an opinion on him but what he said, which gave me goosebumps was that the movie was actually milder that uh, since the film had come out that um, that turned out to be the, the film version the slideshow at the time we saw it in Inconvenient Truth was, was conservative, that things were actually getting worse
2: Well, no. In my previous book, not the new energy book, but in the physics for future presidents, I go through that film in some detail, and I show all the exaggerations. You have to recognize, first of all, that Al Gore should be considered a skeptic or a denier, because what he is saying is so far exaggerated from what the IPCC consensus is, but it's on the other side. So why do they call skeptics who who think it's less bad skeptics, but people who think it's more bad? They, Gore should be considered a skeptic too, because most of what's in that film, when he shows New York City being flooded, and the IPCC is predicting that sea level will rise by maybe uh, maybe one foot or two foot, but he shows New York City being flooded. When he shows the polar bears being being hurt by global warming when the scientific studies show that there's no evidence for that whatsoever? Uh, no. <laughs> it's it, it unfortunately exaggerated, and that hurts people who, like me, believe that the evidence is now strong, that humans are to blame, and there's something we need to do, but so much of the public has been, uh, ha, ha, I feel like they've been fooled, and there's a backlash now, and I think that's unfortunate.
0: Well, we could argue that. I'd take the whole hour to do that, because um, I, I certainly would challenge some of that, and you're the physicist. Well, I would be happy to I'm come back for hour
2: sometime. I enjoy this, because the, okay. the, the science is often missed in the kind of training that Al Gore gives, which is to send a message, but not to look at it independently.
0: Well, do you think Al Gore did a service to the country in terms of beginning to wake Americans up to this problem that you're now acknowledging is real?
2: well once uh, when he did that when he did that i and i was worried that eventually it would be shown to be an exaggeration and the public would have backlash i think uh, that's now being vindicated i think that's exactly what's happening
1: it's it's an interesting point uh, uh dr Moeller, i i wanted to, to to sort of bring up uh the, the the issue or the incident that first brought me to your attention which was the uh, the so-called climate gate matter uh, where you noted at the time in some of your media appearances that that it appeared at that point that there was some sort of a chicanery going on and that's why you wanted to sort of check the data and check the figures now that now that you have validated you know some of the now that you have validated the information that was in dispute supposedly in the climate gate matter is it fair to say once and for all that that is a settled that a matter that that no, should be no, 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 just the set aside. Uh,
2: th- th- really? Actually, th- th- that's not really accurate at all. Um, the data they used in ClimateGate was proxy data. I wrote a book on the using of that. What they did was, I, th- I think, shameful, and it was uh, scientific malpractice. If, if they were licensed scientists, they should have to lose their license. What they did is they held back the discordant data. Now, their data had to do with the temperature older than 400,000 years. I'm sorry, four. yeah, older than 400 years. That's what the main thing they were producing was. What they were saying was for the last 1,000 years it has not been this warm. I think that conclusion is wrong. And no, the global warming is right, but they were again exaggerating, they withheld the data as they said in their emails. By the way, most people don't believe those emails were hacked. They were leaked by a member of the team. Uh, they hold back member? The data. Which member? Which, and wait, 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 and a why would you do that? Why, why <laughs> I think that? some of the members of the team were pretty upset with the exaggerations that they were they were reporting. And, 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 I, of,
1: and, if that's, and if that is indeed the case, then why I believe there were eight different investigations in the U.S. and U.K., all of which found the scientists innocent of data manipulation. So were or, or all eight fixes? That seems kind of odd.
2: It was not data manipulation, it was data hiding. Uh, this Is, is that something not that's a foreign data, data manipulation? Them? What's that? Look, if they had done this at Berkeley or Stanford, I think they would would have been shamed. Uh, The standards that they held over there at the University of East Anglia are just not up to what we consider standard scientific methods. When you withhold data that is discordant and they refuse to release it until it came out in this leak, Uh, Anyway, (laughs) that's off the subject, because I do believe in global warming. What's wrong is what they said. The conclusions that Michael Mann drew, that it's the warmest spinning in a thousand years, I was on the National Academy Review panel that looked at that. Our conclusion was he could not draw those conclusions.
0: Okay, Not if we so have sometimes. a show in the near future with Michael Mann, will you come on and you guys can debate, because I think that would make for some interesting... Well, uh, I problems. would
2: like to have him... Uh, Michael Mann characterized me as a scientist who's never done anything in his life, and I thought that was highly misleading. He didn't mention the awards, the discoveries I've done, all the work I've done. Uh, he, he was basically a <laughs> an ad hominem attack when, in fact... Uh, the data shows that he is wrong, so look global warming is real and it 's caused by humans. Mm-hmm. The yep. trouble is there 's so much nonsense out there that, uh, that that this misleads people. the problem isn 't what we have so far. the problem is what 's coming up in the future,
0: and okay. that 's what we have
2: to worry about.
0: Okay, would you call nonsense just what 's happened in the past month alone? record drought, record heat, record fires, uh, all kinds <laughs> of <intense> weather <laughs> okay, that we Let talk- me give
2: you a little background on that. Uh, the NOAA announced that this is the warmest year on record uh, for the United States. That immediately surprised me because I'd been looking at the world record, and I'd seen that the temperature had actually gone down compared to the last five years. So I looked it up, and sure enough, the 2% of the world that happens to be the United States is a record warm. The 98% of the world, the rest of it, was actually cool. Okay, we're having a heat spell. To call that global warming when the globe isn't warming is just an attempt to grab headlines to get the the public interested in this important issue. But I don't think it should be done to such
0: I hope we're not losing anyone, uh, but I do know that we've already broken you know tens of thousands of uh, records. I mean, for like something like ten, was it forty thousand heat records? Yeah, or I believe so. I believe so. Yeah, that.
2: My position is the world has warmed, on average. And When the world has warmed, you expect records to be broken. Uh, that's true. It, the, the last decade is the warmest it's, it's been in 250 years.
0: Okay, just so a couple weeks ago.
2: Warming is taking place. What's not taking place are all these other things.
0: Well, what about uh, the, uh, more, more than half of the country is you know, having extreme drought conditions and states of emergency? Would you attribute that to climate change? The droughts and the fires well, it depends
2: alone. what you mean by climate. There is microclimate that's due primarily to changes in ocean currents, such as El Nino and the Gulf Stream. We had this in the 1930s when we had terrible droughts. That wasn't due to climate change. But now when there's a terrible drought, people say climate change. Well, uh, the fact we're, is that variability record. has not increased. It is warmer. But no, I don't think there is any, any good scientific evidence to attribute that to climate change.
1: Uh, uh, Dr. Dr. Moore, I think part of the frustration on on, on my part, and, and and I hope I can speak for Betsy here on her part, is that you you note know, okay that, that okay it's getting warmer. The problem here is that when you have industries, including and we and you know you've been talking about this before entities such as the Charles Koch Foundation that have been funding people to, who run around saying without any evidence whatsoever that it's getting cooler, it tends to make you a little, uh, in my case anyway, irritated. I don't know really what to, want to speak to that. Uh, I mean, I happen to find that quite frankly perverse, that people are asserting things without evidence on the, on you know, with, within a certain political movement in this country, a movement that I used to be a part of. Uh, do you have any, any thoughts on that? Uh, you, 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 you mentioned that, that certain allegations claiming that certain things are global warming when they're not does a disservice to science. But when people are blatantly going on, shall we say, Fox Business Channel and saying it's getting cooler when it's not, does that also not do a disservice to science?
2: Oh, absolutely. I think both sides have been equally bad on this. Uh, Many of the people who are concerned about global warming have ignored the legitimate criticisms of many of the skeptics. I believe that's why the Koch Foundation funded us because they because we showed them that we understood those criticisms and could look at them in an objective way, which we did. But, but that's important to do. Uh, there are people on both sides uh, who have done this, and I don't particularly see that, uh, <laughs> that Fox News is any worse on one side than MSNBC is on the other.
0: We, we, would, we would argue that, but I, I, we only have a couple minutes, and I have to ask you do you know uh, David and Charles Koch personally at all? Uh, I, I have
2: met them. I have met and, them.
0: And how would you characterize their view of science and, and climate change uh, re- truly? Because the, the, well, what said we have, to me have every reason is to that... think that they're actively denying it, and yet your daughter was quoted as saying they that have a real have... interest in getting to the, the bottom of the science. Is that, is yeah. that accurate?
2: No, no, that's a cartoon characterization that comes about from some articles that, uh, I mean, people, uh, the idea, for example, that all generals are in favor of nuclear war, uh, and that everybody in industry is, is a denier is, is just a very naive viewpoint. They emphasized to me that what they wanted was to get the science right. If we could address these issues, which were valid issues, then, uh, they wanted to know what the real answer was. And I think they had legitimate concerns. Okay. I, I think every, I think I think three years ago, everybody should have had legitimate concerns because the issues being raised, like the quality of the temperature stations, uh, like the uh, adjustments to the data that had been made, uh, like the, the fact that, there, that, that the UK group was only using 7% of the data, these were real issues that needed to be addressed, and, and we did. And we came to the conclusion that the global warming is real, and the evidence points very strongly to 100% of it being due to humans. But that evidence had to be examined before you could really reach this strong conclusion. And we received- have a you been in touch with them since, the U.N.
0: And since you came to your conclusions, which matches what ninety eight percent of the world's climate scientists experts in their fields say, have you talked to the Koch brothers or been in touch with them, and might this change their, their views or where they put their money in light of your coming out for lack of a better term?
2: You know, I can't tell where where the foundation is going to put it. its money. That, that That's beyond me. But I think when have you, you say I've now reached responded? an agreement with 98%, I actually disagree with most of that 98% on many of the things they say, if not most things. Global warming is real. The things that they attribute to climate change, I think, are mostly wrong and demonstrably wrong.
0: With all the buildup of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere, why? And you're a physicist, why is that? It shouldn't be. I'm not a scientist, but it's not rocket science that we are ca- tampering with the atmosphere and that is changing our weather patterns.
2: Absolutely. Uh, but the change so far has been less than one degree Celsius, two thirds of one degree Celsius. The problem is not that anything has happened so far. The, the problem is that we expect with the continued emissions particularly in the developing world particularly based on coal that this will go much higher and based on what we have done in my group i expect that to happen and i expect it to to get much much warmer than it's ever been during the era of homo sapiens but that doesn't mean that we're seeing increased wildfires it doesn't mean we're seeing increased tornadoes we're not we're not Yes, the temperature is going up. Yes, it's greenhouse gases. But to exaggerate it by bringing in all these other things, I think, tends to mislead the public. And when they learn they're wrong, when 2006 there are no hurricanes hitting the U.S. despite predictions, they tend to be, become somewhat cynical about science. And I think that's well, really unfortunate.
0: And I don't think it was so much uh, predicting uh, increased quantity of hurricanes as intense storms. And let's let's let, let's intense, let's intense let's storms have not increased. They let's have hurricanes not hurricanes for a minute. What about? Do you think that all that we just had an incredible wave of fires, and the droughts are continuing, and cattle are, you know, being slaughtered because they yes. can't get enough corn. The greatest drought since right? Is that all just something you'd expect to see, you know, in a normal fluctuation? We saw
2: it in 1930. Was 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 called, you know, was 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 the the Dust Bowl. So yes, these things happen, and they are normal fluctuations. They're driven primarily by El Nino and the Gulf Stream. And these large changes are not due to two-thirds of one degree Celsius.
0: Dr.
1: Um, uh, Dr. Moore, you mentioned, uh, um, as I, we just made reference to on the Rachel Maddow show, your, your contention that uh, a cleaner form of fracking is needed to sort of sup- both supply the world's energy needs and also to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, what's, what's your take on nuclear energy? Do you think that's something that also has to be ramped up, or do you think the risks Well, I, I think nuclear
2: energy can be made clean. I believe that the nuclear waste storage, is, again, is greatly exaggerated. Uh, on the other hand, I don't think that nuclear is going to be able to compete economically with Natural gas. Uh, the same is true of wind and and solar. Uh, I'm a real favor of wind and solar. My 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 book, my new book, Energy for Future Presidents, goes into detail on on wind and solar and shows how they'll work. But the real problem is that the cost of natural gas has come down so low that nuclear, wind, natural—the only thing that can compete with 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 with, with natural gas. With clean fracked natural glass is energy conservation and energy efficiency. It's the only thing that can compete. And those are actually much, much better because you can make a huge profit by putting some insulation into your ceiling.
0: And if conservation is really key, uh, Dr. Mueller, h- how are Americans going to learn how to conserve more? Certainly we need policies that, you know, uh, incentivize energy efficiency. But, you know, with this is uh, our, our pet peeve here. With not one, you know, media show on mainstream platforms uh, talking about these issues, energy and the need to create cleaner it, it, forms it, of it, it and it, how Americans very... can take part in this crisis, Absolutely how are they going right. to learn I about this, it's... what to do, especially if we have a pretty short time frame to turn things around, which perhaps you do agree with that. Right.
2: Well, I'm hoping that my my new book addresses those issues. I I, I think people need to recognize that energy conservation doesn't mean making a sacrifice for the good of the world. It means making money. Uh, A little bit of insulation in your house pays for itself at an interest rate that's 20 to 40 percent per year. I mean, that's better than you could have gotten from Madoff's Ponzi scheme, if we're honest. This enormous return on investment in energy conservation. I think too much energy conservation has been sold as a make a sacrifice. Now, if I want to be cynical, you can say, of course, that's what the oil and gas companies do. They want you to think that energy conservation is making a sacrifice. In fact, it's highly profitable. And I talk a lot about that in my book. I give the numbers. I show how you can invest and get a great return on your income. So that, that is something that, that we need to stop saying sacrifice and do energy conservation. Let's use technical energy conservation. Conservation and in technical conservation, you buy a little more insulation for your house, and 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 you're you're better off.
0: Okay, you have to go, and we have to go to a spot. But just one last quick question, and that's: Do you support fracking, and do you really think there is something that is you know a safe way to? Uh, extract natural well, I, I certainly don't,
2: don't support the old kind of fracking, but I think clean fracking, in which you just find the hell out of the companies, if they, if they spill anything or upset the water tables, they can fix it up. Compared mm-hmm. to developing really cheap solar, uh, developing really clean fracking, I think is relatively straightforward. The earthquake danger is really quite small. I believe they can minimize that, too, so I think clean fracking is is uh, something we have to do technologically, but I think it can be done largely by fining the companies if they spill. Good point. Thank you for Good your comments.
0: point. Thank you for your comments. And uh, Dr. Richard Muller, again, really appreciate you being available on uh, short notice. And uh, we don't agree with everything you said, but that's okay. I um, appreciate you being with Okay. We'll call come me back
2: sometime. Uh, you thank will. you very much. We'll Thanks. get Dr.
0: Michael Mann on the same time. And Dr. Tucker, you're going to stay with us. We'll have uh, your friend Charles Blandy up in a few minutes. Maybe he heard some of that conversation and can comment. And then uh, in our last segment, we'll be talking more about fracking, drilling down with Lisa Bardak. We'll be right back.